welcome. Got my hand held today, okay? Last week I broke the, the, you know, the, the ear mic, okay? We're getting that fixed, and so we got another week of the hand held. It'll be okay, all right? Come on, I'm preaching to myself. It's going to be okay to hold a microphone. Hey, my name is Andrew. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank everybody that is watching us right now on our YouTube channel. Hey, thank you for tuning in. And whoever's going to listen to our podcast this week, hey, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I pray that this message impacts you. All right. We are in a very long series, okay? We are in a very long series called Treasure Hunt, and we are digging and discovering everything that God has in store for us. And so last week, we kicked off what I call part 5A, okay, of obedience, okay? And this week is going to be part 6B of obedience, and next week is going to be part 7C of obedience, okay? Um, and that's all I know so far, okay? And, um, and the reason why, the reason why I didn't want to rush through this subject is because obedience is the key that opens up the treasure chest that God has in store for us. And so it is so important that we understand obedience and we get obedience and we begin to love obedience, right? Because it is the key, it is the very key that opens up the treasure chest for all that God has in store for us. And so last week we, we, we talked about how the struggle of obedience is real, right? The struggle is real. I've never talked to any parents that had to sit their kids down and instruct them how to be rebellious and disobedient, right? And so the struggle is in us, right? The struggle is in us, and we have a real enemy who does not want us to obey God, okay? And so the struggle is Real And then last week we, we, we talked about uh, the fa a father named God, that we have this amazing father. And Jesus says, man, if you earthly fathers, if you sinful fathers, if you evil fathers, if you wicked earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more does our heavenly father who has created us know how to give us good gifts, Right? And so Jesus is saying, man, I want you to address God as a father, right? Then we talked about motivation, right? Obedience matters, but also the motivation of why we're obeying God matters too, right? And then we ended with the grace bridge. And, and, and listen, we, we talked about what is obedience to God. Obedience is, is submitting to this, this, this book right here, the Word of God, and trying our very best to live by every single scripture, right? But none of us are nailing this thing, okay? Nobody, like, nobody's like, yep, nailing it. No, I'm nailing everything, right? And that's why God has given us a grace bridge, right? Because we always fall short, but God's an overcomer. But as long as we fall on the grace bridge, we're going to get to where God wants us to go, okay? So today, we're going to go back to the image of the Father, a Father named God, and then we're going to work our way from there, all right? You guys ready? Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for this moment. God, we, we even thank you for the snow today. Holy Spirit, we just honor you in this place today. We just ask, God, that you would have these next 30 minutes 
of our attention, of our heart. Open our hearts, open our minds, God, to the wisdom that you have in your word. Father, we love you. We glorify you in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said amen and amen. Okay, a father named God who is a perfect dad, okay? A father named God who is a perfect dad, okay? We're going to talk about this morning perfect dads, not just do they love their kids, right? They just don't love their kids and give their kids great things because they do that. They also discipline their kids, okay? Now, last week we talked about, and I know we don't like to talk about this part of God, right? We, we don't like to talk about the disciplinary of God or the wrath of God, but we, we can't just focus on one part of God because God is complex. He's, he, he, he's the fullness of God, and so we can't just focus on the fun parts, right, or, or just the parts that make us feel good because there's so much part of this, this, this thing called obedience that God wants us, and discipline is necessary for us getting to where God needs us to go. Now, just like last week, you know, when I brought up thinking about God as a father, there's some of you that check out, right? Because you didn't have a good earthly dad. Maybe they were just not there, or maybe they were abusive, or maybe they were drunk. And so your, your image of a, a, of a father figure is not a good one, okay? And so this goes to the same way with discipline, Okay, I grew up in an era where, where hitting with a belt was okay. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody, the switch, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like we grew up in an era that that was okay. And, and maybe some of you grew up like that and you're thinking discipline, like, like is God going to hit me? You know what I mean? Like, like is God going to beat me? What is God going to do to me? And I just want you to understand that God doesn't discipline us out of his emotion. Okay, what, what do I mean by that? Sometimes, as earthly parents, we get set off by our kids. You know what I'm saying? Anybody? You know the 45th time that your child crunches the Cheerio into the carpet? You know? Right, we just we kind of get set off by the Cheerios, and we we discipline and out of emotion sometimes. Like God doesn't discipline like that. God has a plan for our life, and discipline is always good. Okay, His discipline is always good, and I want to show you that today in Hebrews twelve seven through nine. Let's begin to read it. As you endure this divine discipline, and so God's discipline for our life is divine. Remember that God is treating you as his own children. Just let that resonate in your heart for a moment, that God sees you as a son. God sees you as a daughter today. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? Listen to me. God is not interested in raising spoiled brats, okay? I mean, he just, he's not interested in raising spoiled brats or snicker Christians. If you don't get that analogy, watch the message that last week. I ruined snickers for a whole bunch of people. Praise God. <laughs> 
If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. And so if God isn't disciplining you, if you're not going through some sort of discipline with God, then you're really not his child. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? And so this is what we have to decide to today. We have to decide that we are going to allow God to father us. We have to, okay, God, God has given us free will. And we saw this in the garden with Adam and Eve. He's given us free will to choose because a forced love isn't love at all. He wants us to choose love. He wants us to choose to obey him. He wants us to understand for ourselves that his way is way better than our way. And so we have to commit in our heart that, man, God, I'm going to let you father me. You see, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit will not force himself upon you. He will allow you to make mistakes. He will allow you to do whatever you want to do. We, we have free will. And so we have to submit to God as our father and allow him to father us. Let's continue in Hebrews 12. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. If you could just leave this passage up there for, for a moment, Jason. I, I want to look at I want to look at this word peaceful harvest for a moment, okay? Um, God's discipline is always good for us. God, God's discipline is always good for us. The, the Greek word here that is used for harvest means, means fruit, okay? But it also means not just spiritual fruit, okay? So when we submit to God's discipline and, and, and we submit to him as our father and we allow him to father us, we will produce spiritual fruit. We will Produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit, right? Love and joy and peace and kindness and gentleness, right? It's just the overflow of the Holy Spirit, right? That's the fruit that we're going to produce. But this Greek word actually means not just spiritual fruit will we be able to produce, but we will literally be able to produce a harvest, a literal harvest. Now, when I think of a harvest, I don't think of just an apple, right? I think of thousands of apples. And so what, what, what God is saying here in the book of Hebrews is he's saying, man, if you will allow me to father you, if you will get in my discipline, if you will get in my training, I will produce a harvest in your life, not just a spiritual harvest, which is really important that we're producing a spiritual harvest in our life, but a literal harvest. There will be a literal harvest blessing that will come to your life if you stay in my discipline, 
Did you get in my train? God's discipline is always good for us. It always results in something good. Th- th- think about this for a moment. Any of you, uh, ha- any of you ever had a puppy? I know, I know a lot of you love dogs, okay? Ever have a puppy and, and train a puppy to go to the bathroom outside? Right? It's, it's difficult, right? Like, like and, and you just, you're oh, every day, right, you're training that puppy, right, not to go to the bathroom in the living room or the kitchen or your closet, right, or in a shoe. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's constant, right? You're constantly taking the dog outside and showing them where to go to the bathroom. It's constant. And, and here's the thing. In the beginning, right, there's a lot of grace for that puppy, because you know that the puppy doesn't know, right? And, and so there's a lot of grace. Oh, you peed in the kitchen again, right? And, and there's a lot of grace understanding that the puppy is just beginning its training. The puppy is just beginning the discipline uh, of where to go to the bathroom, right? And, and, and so there's a lot of grace there in the beginning. There's a lot of grace there in the beginning, okay? But if your six-year-old dog is still pooping in the living room... You know, there, there, there should, the, pup, the, the dog should know where to go to the bathroom, right? And, and, and we understand that this takes a lot of training and repetition. God, God's discipline in his training is the same way. There's a lot of discipline. There's a lot of training until we get it. But there's also a lot of grace there for us. There's a lot of grace. God knows that we're going to have accidents, Right? He, he knows that we're going to trip up and fall, right? And so there's a lot of grace there in God's training, in God's discipline. And so many times, and this is what I've discovered in my own life, and I'm going to share a story from my own life. God's discipline many times is allowing us to get our own way so we can trust his way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that again. God's discipline many times is allowing us to get our own way so we can trust his way. And this is the thing with God, and we've talked about treasuring God's voice, right? And, and, and the way we follow God first is through scripture, and then second, through the voice of the Holy Spirit. But that takes practice, right? That, that takes Time And many times we discover, we, we can look back in our life and, and we can pinpoint and say, oh man, God was trying to talk to me there and I didn't listen. So when Don and I, we first got married, we moved from Florida to Arizona. We lived in Arizona for a couple of years and then we just really felt God calling us uh, to move back to Florida. And uh, Many of you guys know our story. Uh, we were deep into drugs and party lifestyle, and we just completely made a mess of our lives, okay? Like, like when you're in that drug world, you don't think about your credit score, okay? You just don't. Like, you don't credit score. Like, what do I need a credit score for? You know what I mean? Like, and so you just, you just, you get more credit cards and you tap them out and you just don't, you, all you care about is how am I going to get high tomorrow, right? And you're not caring about your credit score or your debt. And so when we came out of that lifestyle, we had made a mess of our life. 
and we were trying to work through it. And so we moved to Florida, and we, mo- we, we moved in with her parents and, uh, to try to get out of debt, to try to repair our credit score. And we lived there for one year, eight months, two weeks, three days, <laughs> six hours, 14 minutes. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and we were... We were grateful for that time. It was just hard, right? And um, we didn't have great jobs, and we were just, man, we were working through that. And at the end of that time, like, we knew that it was time to leave, and I just got this thing in my mind. I was like, I'm not renting anymore. We need to buy something. Like, that's what you do as you get older. You buy stuff, right? Like, we need to buy something, right? And, and so I was just so focused. We need to buy something, a house, a condo, a town. I don't care. We need to, I don't want to rent anymore. And, and so I was, man, we, I was trying to get financing. And again, we didn't have great jobs. We didn't make a lot that much money. And, and it was just like door slammed after door slammed, red flag after red flag, like, like we couldn't qualify, and, and it was just like, I was getting angry with God. I was getting really upset. I'm like, God, you, you know the right thing to do is to buy something, right? Like, that's what you're supposed to do when you get older, and, and this is good. This will be a good investment, and, and it was just really difficult. And what I've learned in my life, if it's really difficult, okay, if the door seems locked. It's locked for a reason, right? God doesn't want you to go through it. But um, if you're like me and hard-headed, you, you know, you will barrel through that door. You will find a way. And I found a way. There was this condo development that actually had their own financing, okay? And so they financed us into a terrible loan, terrible loan. And uh, so we got qualified. We we're going through the process. And I remember this. I remember Don's dad taking me aside, and he's like, look, this condo is in a terrible area, okay? And I don't think this is a very good investment, and I don't think you should do it, okay? And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, <laughs> right? right? Like, when you're so focused on something that you want, and, and listen, God will let us make mistakes for next time, right? Like, and so he's just like, okay, fine, do it. And so we got qualified. We bought this this condo in, in this horrible area uh, for 120000 And those of you that live here are just like, what, 120000 How cheap is that, right? It was in a terrible area, right? And, and so anyways, we bought it. We lived there for about a year and a half. And then we decided that we needed to buy a house because that's what adults do. They buy a house, right? And so... Um, our friends were getting ready to sell. I was in real estate at the time, and our friends were getting ready to sell their house and upgrade to something nicer, and we just fell in love with our house, and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, and he said, rent it. And I'm just like, oh, just no. Like, that's not what people do, right? Like, we're we're trying to make good investments, and then this is our forever home, and it was really my wife's fault because she fell in love with it. (laughs) <laughs> no, baby. Yeah, it was, it was me too. <laughs> and, you know, it was five bedrooms. It was 10 minutes from the ocean. And we're just like, no, this is what we got to do. We got to buy it. You know, this is what people do. And, and again, it was really, really difficult. 
it was really hard for us to get qualified, and it was a struggle. And I remember uh, my broker, uh, the guy that, that did our loan, he, he looked, and he's a friend of mine. He went to church with us, and, and I remember the phone call. He says, listen, Andrew, I really think you should rent. And our friends were like, we'll rent it to you. We kind of want to keep it and, and for an investment, and so we'll rent it to you. And, and he, he's just like, man, I really think you should just rent. It's going to be, man, I'm, I'm having a lot of difficulty getting you guys qualified. And, and again, I was just like, no, just keep making it happen. And um, I had this conversation with this, this, young, this young investor. I ran into him, and um, I was talking to him, and it was right around 2007. And uh, he, he, uh, he was renting an apartment. And I'm like, why are you renting? Like, what's wrong with you? And he goes, man, the market's oversold. It's, it's saturated. It's deflated. And it's going to come down. And I remember this. I'm like, real estate doesn't come down. Like, where have you been, right? Like, it just goes up. Like, Jacksonville's going to be the next San Diego. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? And uh, he's just like, listen, I'm warning you. It's... It's oversold. It's oversaturated. I mean, it's deflated. The loans that they're giving out are really bad, and I'm just going to wait for the crash, and that's what I'm going to buy. And I'm just like, whatever, dude. You're going to miss it, right? And so we, we charged through, and uh, I made it happen again, right? And uh, we got into this house, and literally six months later, the market completely crashed. And... We turned our condo into supposedly an investment property, right? And we're going to, you know, we got renters in there. And it was, it was very interesting. All the renters we got thought rent was an option. Like they just, they, oh, I have to pay every month? Like, oh, I thought it was an option, right? And so that became a dead weight very, very quickly. And... Uh, at one point in our lives, we almost literally lost everything, okay? We almost lost everything. We ended up selling that condo for $35,000, okay? We bought it for $120,000, sold it for $35,000, not good. Um, the house that we bought, we bought for like two twenty-five dollars or $235,000, and we ended up selling it for like one fifty-five, one sixty. dollars okay? Again, not good investments, okay, right? Um, and I just remember looking back, at that train wreck that I caused, right? And I could see where God was speaking to me and he was trying to show me. And he even sent people into my life to say, hey, dummy, don't do it. Right? But, but man, sometimes we get so one-tracked, right, with God. And we're like, man, I know, God, this is what you're supposed to be doing in my life. And, and this is what, there's a thing called discernment, right? And the only way you get good at discernment is by practicing it. And practicing it meaning that you miss the voice of God sometimes, right? And, and so, man, I, I look at all of those mistakes that I made, and I'm like, I'm not doing that again. So when we moved here to Denver, we rented. Come on, somebody. <laughs> But, but listen, when we did it God's way, we rented, right? And what ended up happening is the guy that rented us the property ended up selling us the property way under market. We bought it for like 250000 before the market went crazy. And like I look back and I say like, man, I just, 
I should have just done it God's way. I would have saved myself all of this pain, right? Many times the pain that we're experiencing through God's discipline is self-inflicted. It's self-inflicted because we just didn't listen to God. God would send warnings to us, right? And, and, right? and we'll just ignore them. We, we, we think that it's Satan trying to stop us, right? And, and Don and I, we, we worked in a singles ministry uh, for many, many years before uh, we became lead pastors. And, uh, man, listen, if you're single today, like, I understand. You, you, you want somebody, right? You, you want to get married. You want a spouse. But don't have such a one-track goal in life, right, that you miss out on all the beautiful things of being single that God wants to bring you before he brings you that right person. One person is like, yes, let's wait. <laughs> because, man, we, we saw it time and time again. They're like, man, this, this pretty person at the gym, like, asked me if I could, they, they, I could spot them. And I really think it's God, right? I'm like, that is not God. That is your hormones, okay? Like, But we get one-tracked, whatever that track is, sometimes we get so one-tracked, and that track might not be the track that God wants you in, right? And, and, and so many times, many times in my life included, the map of our life, the treasure map of our life looks like this. And you can go ahead and put that, that picture up of the treasure map, right? And so we're on the ship, right? We're on the, the ship of life. And the reality is, is that we should have docked right where, you know, the ship is, you know, that piece of land that's coming out. We should have docked there. That was God's plan for our life to dock there. And the quickest point to any place is a straight line, right? And, and if we're obedient and we're submitted to God, man, many times he's gonna, he wants to get us there. He wants to get us to the X. He wants to get us to the treasure that he has in store for us. But if you're like me, right, if you're like me, you know, all of a sudden you see a dolphin, right? You're like, ooh, pretty thing, right? Like, that must be what God has for my life, a pretty dolphin. And so we chase the pretty thing, right? We, we chase the dolphin. And then, you know, we might get out. We might ride around on the dolphin for a while, you know. We're in the water. And, and so, and then eventually we get out, right? Eventually we're like, okay, this wasn't God's plan for me to ride a dolphin. And, and so we get out way over here, right? God's plan, he wanted us way up there. But, you know, we, we got out way, way over there, right? And, and listen, God's mercy and his grace is with us, Right? He, he doesn't kick us out of the plan when we make years and years and years of, of mistakes like me, right? He, he still allows us to, to get back on the map and, and back on the journey, right? And so we're like, do, 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 do. Like, like we're, we're like all of this time, right? We're, we're trying to learn things and, and God's trying to teach us and we're going all over the place, right? When, when the treasure is right there and we're going up top and we're going all the way around, right? And, and this is what God's discipline really looks like. You know, this is what our, our lives look like, and, and we're just making mistakes, but God is still loving. He's still disciplining us. He's still correcting us. He's still training us, and eventually, we'll get to the treasure, right? Eventually, we'll get to the treasure if we don't give up, right? If we don't give up, 
we continue to move forward on the plan that God has for us, he will eventually get us to the treasure. Now, depending on how old you are today, now I've met some 70-year-olds that think they have all the time in the world, okay? And so depending on how old you are, this was my mentality, okay, when I was in my early 20s. I thought that I had all the time in the world, right? Eventually, I will get my life right, right? And eventually, I'll, you know, I'll figure it out, you know? And God can absolutely restore everything Satan has stolen from you, okay? Joel, the prophet Joel says this. He says, God will restore everything that the locusts have eaten. He, he can absolutely do this. Romans 8, 28, let's read it. And we know that God causes everything to work together, even though we're like this all over the map, right? Ooh, pretty thing. Ooh, dolphin, right? Ooh, palm tree. We're, we're all over the place. God still will work everything out for the good of those who love God. And last week we talked about the motivation, right? Motivation matters. Our first motivation of being obedient to God should be love. Why? Because he loved us first. And we're just loving him back. And so everything that we do, man, we should do out of love because God loved us first. And he didn't, he didn't just tell us that he loved us. He showed us what love looks like by giving us his only son to die for us. And are called according to his purpose for them. God always has purpose for our lives. No matter how many mistakes you make, no, many, no matter how many dolphins that you're riding or palm trees that you're climbing up, you know what I mean? Like, he still always has purpose, okay? But the notion that we have all the time in the world to get it right is a lie from the enemy. God can restore, but he doesn't have a time machine. So for my life, I spent seven years of my life partying my brains out, doing drugs, clubs, bar hop, all of that stuff, right? For about seven years of my life, I did that. I don't get those years back. We, we don't get... Man, we don't get those years back. Now, can God use those? Absolutely. Man, we, we have so many former addicts and, and people in recovery and people currently struggling because of my story, because I'm transparent about it, and, and we attract many of you, and, and you've seen restoration and healing through that, and that's awesome. But that wasn't God's plan for my life. That wasn't his plan. for That wasn't his purpose for me to, 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 to just go out in the world, to, to walk purposely in the wilderness by myself and chase squirrels. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, that was not God's purpose for my life. And so we don't get back that time. And I just, I want you to, I want you to understand that and take that in seriously, that we don't have all the time in the world. And God doesn't give us a time machine where we can go back, okay? And so time is precious, and obeying God today is important. And for the, for the rest of our time this morning, I want to talk about something called delayed obedience. Okay? Maybe you've heard this. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Right? Delayed obedience is still disobedience. 
So for my life, okay, I made a complete mess of my life. And when I came back to God, I remember I was still struggling with it. And, 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 and I fasted and prayed. And, and I remember I had this moment with God. And God spoke to me. And he said, Andrew, if you remain faithful to me, I will bless you beyond your imagination. Now, we love the blessed beyond imagination part, right? We love that part. Come on, pastor, speak it, preach it to me. Preach the blessing. And we're going to talk about blessing next week. We didn't really do that this week, but we're going we're to talk about the good part of obedience next week. Uh, but this is important. The discipline part is so important. Aligning ourselves with God's purpose now, today, is important. And so that was the first thing that God spoke to me, okay? Andrew, and if you remain obedient, if you stay obedient, if you stay faithful to me, I will bless you beyond your imagination. Now, the second thing, okay, the second thing he spoke to me, not the third, not the fifth, not the 20th. This was the second thing God spoke to me. He said, Andrew, you know that girl you're shacking up with? You, you know that girl that you're playing house with? That is my daughter, and I need you to make it right, and you need to go marry her. Don't just go buy a ring and put a ring on it. No, 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 I need you to marry her. Guys, that was the second thing that God spoke to me. If I wanted to live this blessed life, if I wanted to get in the will of God, if I wanted to, to live in the purpose and the plan that God had for my life, this blessed upon of my imagination, I had to obey God. I had to submit to his word of God. And he said, my daughter, right? Like, that's my daughter. And I was shacking up with Don, okay? That, that was, some of you are like, it's going to take a twist or. <laughs> and listen, listen to me. I had every excuse in the world. I had every excuse in the world. And we, we make so many excuses to God. God, I'm not smart enough. I don't have the education enough. I don't have enough money. I, and we just come, we complain to God. And we, man, we're quick to, to have excuses with God, right? Listen, if there was anybody in the world that wasn't ready on paper to get married, it was your boy, Okay. It was, it was your boy. Listen, we didn't even know each other outside of being high. Okay, we, we didn't even, like, we didn't even know each other sober, okay? We, we were together for about eight months. We lived together for about five or six, I don't know. Um, but we didn't even know our, our, each other outside of that, that lifestyle. I had, okay, li listen to the job I had. I was selling salon packages for $45 door-to-door. Awesome, right? Winner. And uh, <laughs> that was my job, right? And you know what I'm talking about? You know, humbling yourself and, and just God just disciplining me and humbling me. And, man, he provided for me enough through that terrible job to put a down payment on an apartment, right? Somehow we got qualified, right? And all of a sudden, the moment... I started to go to get obedient the moment God began to open door after door after door after door after door after door. 
And it made no sense, right? It made no sense on paper that I would marry this woman. And listen, I got, guys, I had plans, okay? I, my plan was I needed to be at least 28, okay? I was 21, okay? Not part of my plan. I needed to have a BMW. Come on, I needed to have the Beamer, right? I needed to have, you know, the 401k rolling, the investments going. Do you know what I mean? And I had to make sure that all the oats were sold, you know, sewed in. Do you know what I mean? And so, listen, God's plan many times isn't your plan, and his plan many times is just to be obedient to his plan and let him work everything out. And so, man, we supernaturally, I met this ring guy and, and bought a ring and, of course, put it on credit. You know what I mean? Like, like and, and but we were just obeying God. We were just obeying God. And, and let me tell you, and did we have difficulty the first couple of years? Absolutely. We had difficulty the first couple of years in our marriage. We almost got divorced, okay, the first couple of years. But, man, we stuck to it. Right? We, man, we fell a lot, and we, 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 man, we came short a lot, right? But we stayed on the grace bridge, okay? We stayed on the plan that God had for us, and we kept moving forward. You don't have all the time in the world. You don't. This afternoon isn't guaranteed to any of us. And so... I would ask you, don't delay God's purpose and plan for your life another second. You think you can plan it out better than God? You can't. His way is so far superior than our way. God, God explains it as the earth is to the heaven. Like, that's how much better his plan is than ours. But again, we go back to last week's struggle, and I'm going to end with this, right? That we, we have the desire to become our own God, right? And, and we think that we know better for our lives than God does, right? And, and that's where that struggle comes in. And I'm just telling you today, I've never regretted submitting my life to God and saying, you know what, God, I'm going all in. I don't have a lot to offer, okay? I sell salon packages door to door. I don't have a lot to offer here. But I'm submitting my life to you because I believe when I align with you, I believe that you're gonna bless me beyond my imagination. Whatever that looks like, I'm, I trust your plan is better than mine. And I would just say to you today, don't wait another second. Align your life with God. Start obeying him today. Whatever it is, whatever it is, start obeying him today. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you would say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. I've never made God my father. I've never submitted to him. He's never been my dad. And today I need to take that step and make God my dad today and submit my life to his son, Jesus, and receive the love. You're just, man, you're just receiving the love that he's already given you. Or maybe today, man, you've been in disobedience. You've just been, man, you, you've been all over the map. And today, you're not gonna waste another second. You're gonna say, today, I'm gonna start obeying you. 
God, no matter what it looks like, I'm going to submit and obey you because I know your plan is better than mine. I, get, I would just ask every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can put your hands down. And I would just ask today that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will let you be my dad. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.